So uh, obviously uh, very busy uh, with a newborn and, and everything, but how, is, uh, how has the pandemic been on, uh, on you and the family? Um, so it's been, it's been really tough on me, um, especially at first because I had a boxing match lined up um, for April. So I had just came off of one in February. I was um, I was starting to get back into camp and everything, and then everything got shut down. So my job got shut down. Um, I wasn't able to work. Um, I couldn't train. I and it kind of kind of messed with me mentally because you know being stuck in the house for so long. There's only so much stuff you can do at the house. You know, working yeah. out. And then I just kind of got kind of got bored. You know, got complacent. Um, so it was, it's been really tough on me, um, but everything has started turning back around around this time, like probably for the past couple of months, you know. I think it's, I think it's different for people who have been uh, athletes their entire lives. Like I, I was, I was athletic growing up, but you know, as, as years go by, I slowly start decreasing that. But as someone who's competitive and always has been just being like, all right, no gym, all of a sudden, uh, yeah. it's probably hard to, to get used to that, you know, waking up in the morning and not having a reason to go to the gym, not having a reason to do anything. Yeah. So it probably had to feel a little bit weird. Yeah, it did. Um, so I've been competing in sports since I was seven. So I'm 23 now. So over half of my life, all I've done is just train. You know, I would go from one season to another, then go back in the season. And even when it was my off season, which was like basketball time before I started doing the wrestling stuff in um in middle school and in high school, it it just like I would be training with my dad, you know, from because this is what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be a pro athlete. I just thought I was gonna be a little bit bigger and living in Alabama, you know, we all have the dreams of playing college football and going to the pros. So that was that was my thing. That's what I wanted to get ready for and then, you know, um Till I got to where I was about 10 or 11 when I started realizing that um, I wasn't going to hit a growth spurt like everybody else. It's uh, it's funny how you say that. It's like so many people have so many like different uh, goals in life. And it's funny how size is just, you know, yeah. genetically, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Gronkowski. I'm never going to be yeah. six foot five, 280. Like that's not, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, that being said, how when did the idea of, you know what, I'm going to be a mixed martial artist come around? Was that right after you finished wrestling? Or when did you start, you know, floating that idea? Um, so I was, let's see, I was 10 or 11. And um, Tim Silva came and fought against Ray Mercer in Birmingham, Alabama. And um, I think I had, I had either just finished my first season of wrestling or it was a year right before I was going in to start wrestling. Um, but I seen Ray Merson knock him out, and that was probably, like, the coolest thing i ever seen in my life, um, especially just, like, the size difference as far as height. You know, seeing somebody shorter go and just chop somebody down like a tree, that was probably the coolest thing i ever seen in my life. So I knew from that moment that's what I wanted to do. Um, I always thought that I would wrestle – go to college and wrestle and then go into um, MMA and everything. But I wrestled, won state championship my senior year, went to college. That didn't really work out as far as the money part because, you know, college wrestling programs don't have the money to just give out full scholarships to everybody. 
Um, yep. They have a limited amount of scholarships they can give. So um, that was a big decision on me coming back home after I wrestled a few matches and everything. I did pretty good, you know. Only people I lost to, they were ranked in the country, um, and it was close matches. But I just financially couldn't do it anymore. Um, so I came back home, and um, I messaged my friend Seth, and I was like, hey, I want to start fighting. Um, and I had already wanted to do it. Then I started fighting, and um, like a few months later, I only, only trained for like two months before I had my first fight when I was 19. Um, then everything else just kind of started to fall into place. One of the John Jones is very similar. I think he was in the UFC like eight months after he started training, and it's crazy how how much a wrestling background can go, um, and how it gives you such an advantage. That being said, what was the hardest thing to pick up? Like when you started, you know, learning the stand up, learning the jujitsu, which uh, which element was the uh, the most difficult for you? Um, my my biggest difficulty, um, guard passing. I sucked at it, and like. I mean, if I'm, like, uh, a guard, for me as a wrestler, like, I'm pinning you. Like, I'm used to being in in that situation. Like, people hate being on that, so they'll turn and give you their back in wrestling. But um, jiu-jitsu was probably the hardest thing for me to learn. Um, it took me a lot of time to really start picking it up because I went into, you know, just straight MMA training, like, we train submissions, a few submissions, you know. Um, you learn the basic guard passes and everything and just um, submission defense. But everything I did was just for fighting purposes. It wasn't like – I never just – I didn't – until last year, I didn't go to a jiu-jitsu gym, you know. Um, it was just my MMA gym. So we just – we basically just kind of did everything off of what I already knew. If I wanted to get past somebody's guard, I just didn't land in it when I took them down. You know, that was my first year of fighting. Yeah, like I started just straight into jujitsu, so for me it was a clean slate. I couldn't imagine having like, you know, knowing how to do it one way and then then being like, no, that's the wrestling way to do it. This is actually how you do it for jujitsu. It's like trying to like re rework everything that you know and trying to to adapt to a whole new style. It'd be very very odd. Um, one of the things I did notice about your uh, your career was usually when guys start getting into the sport, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to go fight on the regional scene, beat on guys with like a one and 65 record. Like, yeah. and just try to like get, you know, just get four or five wins under their belt against, you know, nobodies essentially. Yeah. You jumped right into it, like king of the cage right away. What was yeah. the reason behind that? Was it just that they're the only organization that was interested or what was it? So... When I did my amateur stuff, I went and I competed in their um their competition, like the world championships thing, right? Where they give out a contract. Um, I got the one hundred thousand dollar contract and everything, and you know I was like, well, I could go and fight regional and fight against nobodies for six hundred bucks, or I can make two Gs for my first <laughs> fight. I was this is a no brainer. Like this is what I'm doing, you know, and um. I've always, and that was like, I fought three more amateur fights than I even planned on fighting. You know, once I got to where I was like five and one or four and one, I was ready to go pro. Um, I had actually announced that I was going to go pro 
like before I had even had those other fights, but the money wasn't there and I didn't want to fight on the, a card and make $600, you know, um, it, it meant more to me to build up my value before I jumped into being a pro. And, um, you know, when I jumped in, I, I knew I was ready. I feel like if I go and I train, um, there's not many people that can beat me, especially in MMA. You know, I can get out boxed in just strictly boxing, um, or I can get beat in kickboxing or in jiu-jitsu. But, you know, when it's MMA, when I get to do everything and there's so many different options for me, um, I feel like I'm one of the best fighters in the country, best fighters in the world, you know. So um, I didn't feel like the – I still haven't felt like the competition level was there. Even if I – even when I have been fighting guys that were higher level than um, what a normal 4-0 fighter would have had. It just – coming from wrestling, I felt like wrestling is a – it's way tougher than MMA for me. One of the uh, one of the things I did notice though is that that you stay active in other disciplines as well. So like you said, you said like you know I might be able to get outboxed, but not not in MMA. Like if I were to fight the same guy in MMA, and you proved that. I mean you yeah. you, you beat a guy in MMA that you had previously lost to, and in, in, was it boxing or kickboxing? I don't, I don't remember. Kickboxing, yeah. So um, so describe what it was like to to kind of lose to him in kickboxing and then transition to MMA and finish him. Like did it feel uh-huh. extra special? So that was uh that was like one of the most meaningful fights for me um I, that I've ever had just on a personal level um I still don't like the guy like that's just I there's very few people that I, there's there's only one person that I dislike that I've ever fought you know um I have pretty decent relationships with everybody that I've fought you know I can I respect them and I respect him too but um we had a kickboxing fight you know. He started talking. I'm not much of a talker as far as, you know, if we, if I say something about somebody, I really mean it. I'm not trying to hype up a fight. Um, so he said he was going to knock me out. And we went, and we were going, and we were doing this fight, and he just ran the whole time. And I was so I was so pissed off in the kickboxing that I was, I did a spawn in, jumped about, ended up like six feet in the air or something because I went up on, um, over top of him. And um, I just fought really crazy in that fight. And I still feel like I won. Um, it was actually controversy. Yeah, the- it was very, very close. Yeah, it, it was very, like, um, a lot of people thought that I won that fight. And they actually announced me as the winner. But then they went back and changed it after they raised my hand and everything. Um, so he, he kind of had, like, that, that false confidence that he was just a better fighter than me. Until we went into the MMA world and then went to sleep and never seen anybody go stiff from getting put in a choke, but I guess that was the first time for everything. That was that was well deserved. It was uh man, that was a fun fight. Uh just right there at the uh, at the buzzer too, not a whole lot of time yeah. left. Yeah. Um I actually I'm grateful that, you know, there was a time right there because I don't think the referee noticed. I noticed that he was out. Um, I actually moved his legs over and everything, but you know, I I did, as much as I dislike him, um, I wouldn't want him to be permanently messed up from a fight. So I'm glad that it didn't have to go another 10 seconds for them to notice, you know, because he was out for 
a couple of minutes even after you know i put them out so it was a uh, it was super satisfying though i love <laughs> you know that was your last fight that was almost a year ago now does it feel yeah. a bit it does it, does this layoff like has it helped you mentally or are you just dying to get back in there um it's you know i'm since i i had my first few amateur fights when then i got you know where amateurs don't want to fight me yeah. um then i had to have like i would have six months between a fight you know for my last year of me being an amateur i had a fight in march and then i had one in december or something like that so it was like a um i'm used to long layoffs but that's why i started doing the kickboxing and boxing to kind of kind of keep me more active um you know as far as mma i can I can jump back in it pretty easy. I just have to be in the right training camp for it. One of the things I noticed, and uh, you talked about it earlier based on your size, is that you've bounced around a little bit. It's like you fight at 135, fight at 140, 145. Where is yeah. your home? Where do you feel the most comfortable? Um, honestly, I, it's going to sound like weird, but like I, I honestly don't. As long as, you know... I'm not fighting against a 55er that cuts from like 80 something. I don't really care, you know, I, because I feel like, yes, size is a big thing in combat sports, you know, um, but if I'm smarter than that person and I know how to work around it, I just see it as a challenge that I can get around. Um, it's typically guys that are a little bit bigger than me. They're on as fast. Um, and I have, I have a lot of strength in my body um, to be the size that I am. So um, I can get up to, let's see, during quarantine and with all this. Um, we got back from the hospital last Wednesday and I was 172. So, I mean, I can get up if I need to. I can get back down. Um, I think that 35 is going to be where I, you know, try to make my run at, my first run. But... I could see myself going up to 45 and um, possibly later in my career at 55. Um, just to, I just have to build my body for that weight class. Yeah, you're still really young in the sport, um, 23 years of age. This is going to sound more like an interview question, but yeah. where do you see yourself in five years? Are you, do you see yourself UFC, Bellator, competing worldwide? What is the ultimate goal? Wherever the money is. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but... I would love to be in the UFC. Um, that's the most notoriety. And, um, you know, whenever people talk to me, they're like, you fight UFC. Nobody says you fight Bellator. You fight 1FC, you know. Um, yeah. I, I respect those organizations. And I know that they have a lot of guys that could compete in the UFC and stuff. But um, just for everybody around me, I think they want to see me in the UFC. Um, so that's what, I, you know, I want to I wanna make, Everybody in the South proud, and um, especially in Birmingham, Alabama, is proud. And I think that's where they would um, they want to see me at. So that's where I want to be. There's a lot of doors right now open for that, you know, um, with things like the Contender Series and, and all these uh, other events. Have you have you considered something like that, like the Contender Series or or um, what's the other one, the big one, that Rampage Jackson coach? What's it oh. called? The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Ultimate. Have um, you considered something like that? I have, um, you know, it's something that, like, me and my coach, 
and my manager and stuff, we all we talk about. But I just don't. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to rush it. You know, I got. I'm young, and um, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that gets in. You know, off a great performance in the contender series and then gets cut. Um, once I get in, I'm gonna be in, and I'm not getting cut, or I'm only leaving when I feel like leaving. You know, um, because. I feel like if I can go and I can still fight, even if it's like, you know, tough guys out on what would be kind of the regional circuit, um, that just builds me for when I get into the UFC or Bellator, um, just to just to make a title run, you know. I want to get in and stay in and then want to be a champ for a long time. So, you know, if that opportunity presents itself, then – I'll be more than happy to take it if I feel that I'm ready for that. You know, I'm not looking at the being ready for the contender series fight. I'm looking at being ready to be in the UFC with, you know, the best fighters in the world. So those are the only people that I feel like can give me competition. As uh, as someone who's both wrestled at a pretty high level and now competed in MMA, I really, I want to talk about guys like Henry Cejudo and Daniel Cormier. Um, I'm, 100% MMA. I never wrestled. I never thought any of that. I never even followed it. I've only ever followed MMA. So for me, their legacy doesn't mean as much and, and their accolades don't mean as much as someone who's maybe done both. So as a wrestler who's now transitioned into MMA, like how much, uh, like how, how impressive is Henry Cejudo's gold medal and double champ status? Um, that's probably the I think he's the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Um, and it's because, you know, winning a gold medal in wrestling, um, there's a lot that goes into it, and he won it at a young age. Um, it's not like he, you know, went through three or four different cycles, and then he finally won one. You know, he went in, he won it, and then he he accomplished his goal. Um and then he transitioned into MMA, even though he had a tough little go as far as weight cutting at first. Um, he he really transformed himself. You know, looking at him, you wouldn't really be able to tell that. You can't ever say that he was just a wrestler. Yeah. Um, you watch him fight and see how he's evolved, um, how he's head kicking people that are supposed to be the best strikers in the world and, you know, knocking them out. and. Um, I think that that's the, one of the most impressive things in the world. Um, that would be, you know, I think that it's kind of like if somebody goes and they go and compete in jiu-jitsu and win ADCC or something like that, you know. Um, it's I think that's the same level. Um, I think it's close. But as far as winning that Olympic gold medal, I think the Olympics hold so much weight as yeah. far as just as a culture thing and um, as a world thing that it's kind of hard to, you know, just dismiss that. Um, yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, and they're like, yeah, there's essentially the same sport. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's literally like winning speed skating and then winning a gold medal in hockey. Like, it's yeah. two completely different sports. Yeah, they're both on skates, but, like, not the same thing yeah. at all. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it just shows how how – how great their legacies are, both Cejudo's and DC's. Cejudo obviously has a gold medal, though. But absolutely uh, crazy athletes. 
Uh, I want to end on a on a on a un MMA note, I guess. Uh, as a as a new father, um, you know, less than a week old now. Uh, it's yeah. crazy to think about. Um, if your daughter comes to you in five, six, seven years and says, "I want to be a wrestler," or "I want to fight." Uh, I know you probably haven't even had enough time to think about that, but is that something that you'd, you know, consider or are you like a protective father? It's like, no, 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 no oh, I wrestled, bro. I've gotten injured. I don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> so, um, I want, I, I actually want her to, um, I'm definitely like, as soon as she gets to where she's three or four, she's going to be in jujitsu. Um, just because just the, the safety aspect of it and the confidence that it builds, yeah. um, now, as far as, you know, the fighting aspect, I would love for her to want to do that. Um, if that's what she wanted, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support her and make sure that she has all the resources that I didn't have growing up because I didn't know that I wanted to do that. Um, but Alabama just approved girl wrestling, like female wrestling and having their own division instead of just wrestling with the guys. Um, so I think that the sport of female wrestling is growing right now in this country. Um, Alabama's just one of the latest in many of the other states that have started to um, really push that because some of my favorite wrestlers that I, I like to watch and that have some of the best technique in the world, they're the women wrestling um, from the U.S. Um, so I would love to see her do that if that's something that she wanted to do. But if she didn't want to, yeah, it'd be fine with me. You know, I wouldn't be disappointed. Hopefully I'll have a little boy, so and then I, I would hope that he would um I would hope that he would want to fight, but you know, it's it's whatever makes her happy. Yeah, I know it's still early. It's only six days, so <laughs> I already I, I I already have stuff planned. I already I already have plans to get the gi and get her some little gloves and everything. And um, I have plans. I'm just hoping that that's what she wants. I love it, man. I. Uh... I, I like to see that. It's always it's always nice when people are like, "Yeah, I want it for my daughter." As as someone who wouldn't have been allowed as a kid, it's great yeah. to it's great to see. My parents would have killed me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess last question: um, Is there anyone you want to plug? Anybody you want to thank or include your Twitter and Instagrams or anything below? Um. So let's see. I'm gonna start out with my job. I actually um, work at an axe throwing place. It's called Silver Axe Throwing. Um, we're located all over the southeast. Um, so I want to start off with them. Um, I would like to shout out my gym, Cobra Jiu-Jitsu, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, my coaches, Kurt and John, um, they've done a great job as far as just helping me in my career. Um, I would like to thank my management team, um, Maurice Blanco and Vice Sports Group. Um, I just signed with them within the past few months. Um, they've been doing a great job as far as just making sure that I'm staying on task and um, getting me fight offers and everything like that. Um, I would like to thank my shirt sponsors, um, Civilizing Savage Clothing. They do a great job as far as getting on my work walkout stuff. Um, Nick is like one of my favorite people. I got to meet him for the first time. I drove all the way to Atlanta just to meet him um, a couple years ago, and then we've been close ever since. Um, and also my tattoo shop, Say Gold. Um, they're probably like, those are like the closest people that I, I'm with like all the time. Um, I'll just go into a tattoo shop and just chill. I love it. And then they get me neck tats and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
and that's about it. Let's see my Twitter. Um, it is the protege MMA 135 and the same thing is my Instagram. So go and check me out. Um, I also do music too. So hopefully people go and check that out. Um, I feel like I'm better than Tyron Woodley at rapping. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I would do a song with him, but I would hope that he wouldn't mess the song up, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there's a few guys. Brian Kelleher raps too. Um, yeah, there's a few. There's a few guys who who, who can do it all, both rap and uh, and fight. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for having me on today. It's probably, you know, I love doing this, and I hope you have me back on, man. Man, I will for sure. We'll uh, we'll have to have you back on. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I wanted to get uh, a guy up and coming really a good threat and someone who you can see in the UFC or Bellator, one of these other organizations soon. So I really appreciate you coming on, man, and all the best. Stay safe and uh, good luck with your, uh, your next fight. All right. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, man.